welcome back in to the Future Sox Roundup. My name is Mike Rankin. I'm your host alongside Elijah Evans. Elijah was a part of our live stream coverage of the Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. And what we did that day was on night one, we followed all the picks leading up to the White Sox. We reacted to the White Sox 15th overall selection, which was Jacob Gonzalez, shortstop out of Ole Miss. If you're familiar with the Future Sox brand, you're familiar of uh, the opinions of one Elijah Evans, because uh, during the live draft, Elijah, you had some emotion. Do you want to follow up on that? What's your opinion now on the on the pick of Jacob Gonzalez after a few days? I'll follow up a bit because I know um, I got some people mentioning me later on, but I I was a little negative. um, I will admit on the live draft, I you know I had kind of the draft didn't go as a lot of people expected. You know, the top five was was obviously the top five I think for a while in whatever order, but then that kind of six through twenty was a lot of picks that people didn't really expect. I think Um, there was a lot of switches up, guys going under slot, some guys getting falling a little bit further than we expected. So when we got to our pick, I was surprised by some of the names on the board. So for me, my initial reaction was, you know, I there was a few guys I would have preferred over Gonzalez that I didn't expect to be there at 15. So in my my first thought was, why are we not going after these guys? They should have been drafted before that. And I, I would have been pleasantly surprised that they fell in our lap. Looking back, um, the draft strategy was clear. And we're going to get into this. The primary focus of this episode um, is an interview that I did this week. But the, the draft focus of the White Sox, looking at it as a whole now, was very clear that they were going for a lot of these high floor college guys early on. They attacked the market of experienced college players who have played in high level of competition, are going to rise quickly through the system, hopefully, and are going to at least provide quality minor league player depth in our organization that could become big leaguers sooner than later. And then they were able to, you know, take some swings, right? The ability, the going with safer college players and underslotting a lot of the, some of these college guys in the first five, six rounds allowed the White Sox to take some serious swings at some high upside guys, one that we're going to talk about today. So as a whole, I think the draft was good. I, I honestly do. I like the way that Mike Shirley approached this draft. I think in general, the White Sox got a lot of quality options for the organization. They had a strategy going in that obviously in the first round, it, the strategy wasn't clear. So my initial reaction, I didn't know what the plan was necessarily. But when you look at the draft as a whole, you really see an organizational plan for this draft, which I like and I'm happy with. I still would have liked one or two other names at that first pick, but I've heard good things. I, I'm hearing, I mean, Gonzalez is a guy that's going to, he's going to rise through the system. He's going to be a solid player. He's got a very intelligent approach. He's played good competition. And ultimately I think the draft in general was a success for the organization. Well, there's Elijah Evans's thoughts and he did reference the fact that yes, indeed he did conduct an interview with a, a very important figure that relates to the White Sox draft class, specifically the seventh round pick. George Wolkow, and we'll get there in just a hot second, should mention that the second half of the season is getting set to get underway here, and we're following the Charlotte Knights, the Birmingham Barons, Winston-Salem Dash, Canapolis Cannonballers, Dominican Summer League White Sox, as well as the ACL, the Arizona League, uh, Chicago White Sox. So a lot of prospects that are going to be included now into the system. We're waiting for some more undrafted free agent announcements on the Chicago White Sox end. So you don't want to go anywhere. Stick to the Future Sox podcast. Stick to the Future Sox roundup. We're talking to Jim Callis this week. We release episodes every Tuesday of the Future Sox podcast, myself and James Fox. Callis gave us a rundown of the entire draft class, so I'm excited for you to listen to that. And, of course, you're here on the Roundup. Elijah, this is some insight that I can't wait to dive into because we were super excited when George Wolkow was selected. Just a massive human being as a 17-year-old, Downers Grove North High School, left-handed masher, 6'7". Callis told us he was listed 239 headed into the draft. So 
you were able to talk to the head coach of the Downers Grove North Baseball Club, Kyle Briscoe, and he gave you some insight on what the White Sox are getting in George Wolkow. Can you let us know what that conversation was like and what did you learn? Yeah, the conversation was amazing. Um, Coach Briscoe is a great guy. He clearly is developing a really strong system at Downers Grove. Um, and, you know, he, he was just excited, I think, more than anything to see the success that George has had and just see the growth he's had over the last few years and just not only the baseball player he's becoming, but the person he's becoming. And I think that was that was a lot of our interview was really talking about how a lot of George's development in high school and allowing him to reclassify and to reach the the MLB draft and get picked by the White Sox and you know is is going to be a serious part of the White Sox future by all by all means and a lot of that for him was really personal growth and development and working on himself in many ways beyond just the baseball field that have allowed him to you know be prepared to get to this stage at this point in his life where you know most people are are, in, are 17 years old you're in high school you're doing class you're focused on starting to apply to college and 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 meanwhile he's skipping his last year of high school and he's going to be playing for the White Sox minor league organization sooner than later. Um, so it's, it's pretty incredible to hear and, and just to hear about who he is and what he's done to get where he is. Uh, so let, let's start it off by listening in to, to Coach Briscoe talk about, you know, how he how George came to him with the decision to reclassify and then just how that shifted their plan for him in high school and what he was going to have to do to get prepared to go to the MLB draft and get drafted, hopefully. Uh, about halfway through last year, uh, he had a conversation. He goes, Coach, can we have a conversation? You know, and that was about the reclassifying, you know, and so that kind of set the traje- trajectory for him in terms of, you know, pretty much, you know, we're looking to do this MLB, you know, we're looking to get ready for the draft. We're looking to be, you know, marketable. You know, I felt that kind of got the ball rolling, you know, obviously a little bit faster than, you know, what we had expected. And to his credit, you know, he, he, he was ready for it. So, you know, obviously getting, you know, selected you know, by the seventh round by the White Sox is quite the feat for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, really with him coming in, you know, just the size, you know, being six seven, you know, two hundred and thirty pounds or whatever, you know, whatever he's listed at now, um, but also just the athleticism, like watching him. You know, he played basketball for three years. He was on, you know, the Final Four team at Down from North for us. Uh, watching him move and stuff like that, he doesn't he he doesn't act like a six seven athlete. I mean, he's he's a guy that. You know, if you were to play football, the Big Ten would be all over this guy. I mean, just watching him, you know, move and stuff like that, his explosiveness. I mean, the way he can run is like someone that's six one or six foot. You know what I mean? Just his agility and stuff like that. Um, again, that goes to obviously a little genetic, being a genetic freak, but just, you know, the work ethic that he has also. What a way to kick off the interview there, Elijah. I, I, a couple things that stood out to me. One, multi-sport athlete. Shirley has identified that in the past in White Sox prospects. And two, the athleticism. We hear that the White Sox, according to Mike Shirley, want to develop him in the outfield currently because they can build on the athleticism. However, the priority is the bat. But hearing it from Briscoe, I mean, that is something that really gets me excited as somebody who multi-sport athlete with athleticism, plus he mentions the frame. That's really good insight from the coach. It's just, it's cool to hear, you know, how much of a freak of nature he is and not only on the baseball field, like we talked about, and you're going to hear more in the interview later, uh, but you know, he, he's just an athletic person and it's not just because he's six, seven and strong, but he's played many sports throughout his entire life. He was a great high school basketball player, actually at Downers mm-hmm. Grove, which not surprising he's six, seven, but he is just a really physically gifted person, but it's not just gifted. It's he's working on his body. A lot of people at that age, um, you see this with a lot of the NBA prospects, actually, 
a lot of young players, especially at the high school level, don't know their body. And it takes time to learn and to grow into that, that physical nature. And it seems like George has worked really hard in the last few years to grow into himself. And he, he knows his body and his strength and athleticism in a way that a lot of people at that age, especially a year younger than a normal high school draft pick, he knows his body and he gets it and he's able to do a lot because of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead in now with one of these clips we, we talked about, you know, he's listed as an outfielder and he has always, he's, he's most likely going to be a corner outfielder for the White Sox. But I got the chance to talk with Coach Briscoe a little bit about, you know, what he played in high school and his physical ability to kind of have the versatility to potentially play other positions as well. Um, so let's listen now to hear Coach Briscoe's breakdown of, of a little bit of defensive stuff uh, that he saw and learned while watching George play in high school. There was a situation where we had our starting third baseman go down and uh, he, you know, without really taking a lot of work in prior to that week uh you know pretty much started the whole week at third base and i don't think he had an error you know and looked looked good with the glove and stuff like that um but growing up obviously he played a lot of third base i thought you know he's a corner type kid you know is he is he a left field right field third baseman type i believe in last summer he played a little bit of first base in the uh, mlb summer circuit uh, stuff yeah yeah summer yeah, circuit yep but uh you know with with the way he runs, I, I don't think that's using all yeah. the strength. You know, I mean, he's a guy that can run down a baseball. Um, and like I said, even at third base, he's got a good glove. And honestly, we had a Division One guy playing third base. That's the only reason why he, he didn't play third base for us. Sure. But uh, he, he's got a good glove. And really, he took on the challenge. He hadn't played a whole lot of outfield up until high school. Right. You know, and so for the past three years, he's really worked on working on, you know, the timing, working on pre-pitching, working on, you know, judging the fly balls. I mean, that's all stuff that he's been working on on his own. Just because, as you know, in Illinois, in the high school season, you spend a lot of your preseason in a gym or field house, you know. And so being an outfielder, too, it's a harder thing because for the first month or so, you're not seeing balls higher than 50 feet in the air. And then uh, the first nice day, you might be playing a game, you know, or, or something like that. So obviously, you know, that's something that the outfield skill set that he, he can still hone in on, you know, because I think that could be where, you know, his future is. So Coach Briscoe really supporting his player, uh, that's no surprise, a professional athlete now being able to stand his ground at third base. That's pretty encouraging to know that he's got the glove. And like he was talking about, you know, it's just he said, you know, he could play first. You know, you look at a guy that's six seven, and you think maybe he's he ends up as a as a first baseman, but he has the athleticism to not only, like he said, play third and handle that, but also can continue to grow in the outfield and not just be, you know, an outfielder that is there for his bat. And yes, he's there for his bat. That's that he's the type of draft pick where we know we are getting this player for his hitting potential and the potential to be an excellent hitter. But having a guy that could really be a plus outfielder with a lot of athleticism and a lot of arm strength in the outfield could be great for the White Sox. I mean, you know, we, we've struggled for years finding corner outfielders, and obviously George is a long ways away uh, being 17 years old right now. But a corner outfielder that has athleticism, has range, the ability to move over to different spots in the outfield if needed um, is a great thing to have. And it's exciting to think about, you know, what we could be getting into with him. Um, and, you know, kind of shifting topics here that one of the things that I really got into with Coach Briscoe was talking about how baseball is so much more than simply the physical stuff on the field. And for a guy like George, who came into high school already committed to an SEC college, 
that's a really hard position to be in. And I don't think people really fully understand the struggle that comes with having the expectation of a superstar on you at all times throughout your entire high school life. In school, on the field, in basketball, people knew who he was. So the thing that I talked about with with Coach Briscoe was that, you know, there is so much to the mental side of this sport that allows you to succeed. And that's a huge reason, clearly, from talking to his coach, that George was able to succeed and get where he is now, was working on the mental side of the game and really understanding himself and understanding the depths of that to be able to perform on the field when the expectation and the the hype around him was so high from such a young age. You know, we had hired on a, a mental coach uh, this year for the first time, a professional mental coach uh, that worked with us on a weekly basis. George kind of worked with him one-on-one as well, uh, had a rapport with him and kind of used him uh, just to really make sure that his mind was always right in terms of dealing with just the ups and downs of being a, a baseball player that we've all, all done in terms of, you know, success and failure, but also just a little bit of the added uh, stress of having 10 to 25 scouts at each game, you know? And so um, really the, the past year, he's, he's just really worked on his mental preparation in terms of, you know, how can he be in the moment? You know, how can he, how can he be best mentally ready to, to be the best player that he possibly can? And uh, that's something that, he's really taken to and to his credit, you know, I, I think it's, it's helped him out a lot um, just because he was, it's been a target for three years for most teams. I mean, most people knew who George Walcott was at the high school level, you know, so he would have people <clears throat> ride them and stuff like that. Kids. And, you know, he had a target on his back, you know, obviously being six, seven and a figure that he is, that that's a natural thing, but also just the, you know, the overall aura, that he, you know, carried with him that, you know, he's been a marked person for three years, you know, at the high school level. So um, having those built-in mental skills to able to deal with that, um, but also, you know, dealing with just some of the pressure outside of just even the game of baseball in terms of, you know, am I, is he going to go to South Carolina? You know, am I going to try to go the pro route? I mean, that's not something that's, it's easy, especially for a 17 year old, you know, at the end of the day, that's what he still is. So, uh, you know, to George's credit, he, he's really built out on his uh, mental capabilities. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's something very underrated about the game of baseball, right? And 
young kid playing in front of scouts all the time. That's interesting. I did not know that he was a marked man as soon as he entered uh, high school. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, obviously the stature is there, um, but it wasn't just like, like he was a prospect. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a guy who's huge and could be good at baseball. Like he's been an incredibly talented baseball player since he was in middle school. So I I mean, you know, there, there's so much to be said for like, it, it sounds simple and it sounds like, oh, you just don't listen, but it's hard to be a 15, 16, 17 year old person and deal with noise and fans chirping at you and the other team chanting things at you. And that, that is constant. I mean, that's high school baseball for you, but it's that much harder when you have the expectation of being a major league baseball player. This is not somebody who's playing high. Most high school baseball players will not play beyond that. Some will play in college and very few will play in the professional in professional baseball, right? So he knew that from a young age that he had expectations higher than everybody else he was playing with. And that is not easy to handle. And you know, you're going to get so much difficulty that comes with that. So it's, it's really cool to hear that that has been such a focal point of his life in the last few years is really developing that mental strength to understand that he needs to focus on himself and to get where he needs to get to be. He needs to learn how to deal with everything that comes with it. So, you know, talking about the future, right? We kind of finished off the interview for the most part with with talking about, you know, what can we expect from George? What is What does he look like? What is his outlook? And what is just like getting White Sox fans expected? Um, so here you can listen in to Coach Kyle talking about, uh, you know, what we should expect to see from George in the future. They're going to get a young, hungry kid that, that, like you said, in interviews and stuff like that, he said he just doesn't want to make the major leagues. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. You know, I think the White Sox are going to get a kid that, has a very high ceiling. And I think that's part of the reason as, you know, he went so high and he's a kid that could be a cornerstone piece for this franchise with the athleticism, with the bat speed, with the arm speed. I mean, he, he's a true five tool player at six, seven, you know, 230 pounds. And like I said, the work ethic and stuff like that is, is something that I would be excited about as a White Sox fan and, and someone that, Obviously, grew up in the town, and and wanting to bring. I mean, that's what he texted texted out is that you know he wants to bring another championship to the White Sox organization. Yeah. You know, as a White Sox fan, and especially being a you know a, a local Illinoisan, uh, that's something that you're going to want to keep your eye on, just in terms of you know how how his development occurs in the next few years, and and see how he can help out this organization. So I hear five tool player. How about that one? And also, uh, I look, I love it. Coach Briscoe, talk it up. I love it. But yeah, it reminds me, Elijah, essentially that Mike Shirley definitely has a type in terms of breaking down the mental aspect of each prospect that he's scouting. It, it reminds me of Terrell Tatum, the confidence that he has in himself, Jacob Burke. He referenced Colson Montgomery's calmness under pressure, being able to adjust. Same with Jacob Gonzalez. I mean, just another underlying theme of what Mike Shirley is looking for in his prospects. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely clear to see, you know, some of the the attributes that we're looking for, and it's it's a different type of player that you're getting it in with a 17 year old high school guy. But it, it's very clear to me that George is a guy with a ton of projectability, and beyond just projectability, that ability to to be focused and to know the game of baseball on a level where he is so locked in and every time he's playing the game that it just, it just starts flowing for him. And that is something that is going to be so fun to watch, especially as, as coach mentioned with, with five tools, you know, you don't know exactly what that looks like as he grows. And there's Mm -hmm. obviously going to be difficulties, um, you know, moving forward with his career, 
on the process, but you know, he, he's got such a wide skill set and so much to tap into. The ceiling is sky high with this guy. And, and that was a big decision by the White Sox. They, they were game planning for a pick like this with some of their middle for their first few round picks, you know, going mm-hmm. underslot with some of their picks before the seventh, they were planning to go for a high, high upside guy. And they got one seriously in a guy that's local. He was, you know, he was scouted. Mike Shirley was at his games many times in high school. Um, so that's just, you know, it's just exciting and it's going to be awesome to watch his development going forward. Yeah. You, you mentioned it a little bit there, Elijah, four through six, those rounds might be under slot and we'll, we'll keep an eye on all the um, totals across the 20 round draft for the Chicago White Sox. Was there anything else from the interview that you wanted to reference before we move on and sort of wrap up the podcast in our final segment? Yeah, let's, let's just listen to this real quick. This is just a funny little tidbit that I thought would be, um, would be cool to see, you know, um, coach mentioned towards the end of our interview that that Mike Shirley had been there a lot, like I was just saying, um, that had been at the games and how he almost, you know, if he was going to get drafted, he sort of was expecting it to be the White Sox among a few other teams because of how much they had really watched him in high school when he was playing. Mike Shirley was at our at our games a lot, and uh, he was a guy that came to a lot of our BP sessions. Awesome. I think George kind of knew too that the White Sox were a team that was going to be in the hunt for him. Yeah. Uh, I think. He maybe wish he went went a few rounds earlier to calm his nerves a little bit, but uh, in the end, uh, you know, they came and got. Well, I, I love that, Elijah. That's such a great little note that you were able to pull because it reminds me of the way that the White Sox scouted Noah Schultz and the amount of work that they did specifically scouting that player more so than other organizations. And I can't help but feel, considering it's right in our backyard, they did the same thing with Wolkow. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, you know they they wanted him. They were prepared to get him. I think um, so. I think this really was a long term plan, and it, it helps me looking back at the draft to understand some of the earlier picks because you know this is a guy who's going to get well over slot. Uh, I believe the slot for the seventh is is just under two hundred thousand, um, and this is it, you're, we're going to see a guy go incredibly overslot, not just, you know, slightly overslot. There's guys that go up and down. This is somebody that they, they financially built in the plan to get mm-hmm. George Walkout to not go to college and to join the White Sox organization because they love the upside that he has. And they saw it time and time again in Downers Grove, and they are ready to make this guy a long-term piece and cornerstone for the White Sox. That's Kyle Briscoe talking with Elijah Evans, coach Kyle Briscoe, the head coach of Downers Grove North High School, taking time to talk to Elijah and Future Sox and Just Baseball. So that was really cool. Elijah, thanks so much for the insight there. That was uh, that's one of a kind. That's exclusive stuff that you can only hear on Future Sox and futuresox.com. Hey, uh, what else do you want to talk about, Elijah? This is your show. I know there was some talk about players you were eyeing at the end of the first half. Yeah. Now the second half of the season's getting underway. Who are some of the names that you're keeping close eyes on? Yeah, you know, it's exciting towards the second half of the year because we're starting to see a lot of guys get promoted. You know, we're really starting to see a vision of where the team is going next year from a minor league, from a farm system standpoint. You know, understanding how guys are pitching now, how guys are hitting now, whatever they're doing now, and how that's going to play into where they are next year and where they're going in the future. Um, You know, one of the names we've talked about a while ago, he's had an up and down season. Um, I want to mention Christian Mena. Mm -hmm. He is a phenomenally talented pitcher. He's got some things to work on, but he's super young. He's been pitching a double A this year. And at his age at double A, he's got plenty of time. His talent is off the charts. He just started the first game uh, back after the all-star break for double A Birmingham yesterday. And and he looked great. It was a quality start. He looks like he's locked in and it's just, 
it's a guy that I, I want to keep an eye on because the, as we've talked about, you know, the White Sox, the pitching is starting to come together. You look beginning of this year, or even last year, there was very minimal, you know, upside pitchers. And now obviously Noah Schultz has taken a lot of the, the attention, but you look at a guy like Mina, you look at a guy like Jonathan Cannon's rise, who just got promoted today to double A, which is awesome. Um, and you see, you're starting to see a lot of quality pitching depth developing in in the low a high a and now even double a levels for the white Sox. so mina's a guy that i'm excited to see like i just mentioned cannon now in double a those mm-hmm. two in double a are going to be a lot of fun to watch i'm going to be watching a lot of birmingham barons games um, to see brian ramos and colson montgomery who should be heading to birmingham soon um, in addition to those two pitchers you know birmingham struggled a lot in their first half of the season but the Barons are going to be a really fun team to keep an eye on the second half of this year because we've got a lot of guys that we expect to be White Sox players in the next year or two that are going to be starting for Birmingham a lot. So that's a team and some players I just mentioned to keep an eye on there. Um, yeah, like I said, Colson Montgomery, he's still in Winston-Salem right now, but he's been ridiculous. He has like a 1500 OPS, if I'm getting that right, uh, in Winston-Salem right now. So he will be back in Birmingham before you know it. Uh, Brian Ramos is getting going now. So that's, that's going to be a fun team to watch. I'm excited there. When you look, you know, some of the younger players, um, obviously Noah Schultz, like I said, is, you know, we're going to start to see him hopefully ramp his innings up a little bit. He's been consistently right around that three inning mark, uh, plus or minus a bit. But, you know, I think, I think we're hoping to see, you know, a four inning starts here and there from Noah Schultz and really just start to see what he can do. He hasn't got hit around at all <laughs> so far with, uh, with Canapolis. So, I mean, it's exciting to see, um, to see him develop. And then, you know, Peyton Paulette, the other draft pick from recent draft pick um, has been really solid. He's, he's a consistent pitcher. He, he started again. He started last night, actually the first game back as well. Um, and he, he looked good yesterday. He, he's consistent. You know, he, he runs into a little bit of issue here and there, but he always seems to get around it and work through it. Um, so I'm really excited to see both those two arms um, at their stage and see if they can, you know, maybe get promoted this year or even just going into next year, be ready for the next level. Um, I think, I think that tandem of draft picks is they're exciting. They're totally different pitchers and they have their own style of pitching. You know, you look at Paulette and he's a, he's a small right-hander. He's got a lot of whip on his fastball. He's funky. And then you got Schultz, who's a massive left-hander and they're, they're totally opposites, um, but they're both really fun pitchers from the, from their, draft class that are going to be exciting to keep following um, and see where they go next year because that's that'll be a big year for both of them as I was just saying um, and there's there's names up and down the roster like we've talked about some of these guys that got promoted in the last few weeks um, a few weeks ago and are now at their next levels you know Terrell Tatum is uh, I, I've sung his praise for so long on this podcast and I know everybody's probably sick of me mentioning Terrell Tatum but he is doing exactly what he was doing in Winston-Salem in Birmingham now so that's a guy who you know it's he hasn't he's continued to be great at the next level I expect Tatum I, I this is might be a bold take for a guy who's not a highly regarded prospect by most places but I I expect to see Tatum in Chicago late next year honestly I, I don't see any reason not to I mean maybe things will change between now and then but the skill set he has I, we should see him in Charlotte next year and I would not be surprised to see Tatum in Chicago eventually by late next year, uh, the way he's been playing. Um, so that's, that's another guy to keep an eye on. And you know, the system's fun. I'm excited to see some of these draft picks. Like we said, Jacob Gonzalez and Grant Taylor, eventually working his way back our second round draft pick and Seth Keener. And there, there's, it's going to be fun to see where those guys go. I think most of the draft picks will start in the ACL um, and then work the way up. I think Jacob Gonzalez, I don't know how much you've heard about it, but I expect him to be playing in, in Kannapolis sort of soon um so it's going to be fun to see the draft picks it's going to be fun to see some of these big names i mentioned um and you know i'm I'm hoping to see a few more guys reach the major leagues you know that's a big thing with the white Sox right now if if the team goes the route of selling and trading some guys which it seems like we're going to right now the way we're playing 
Um, you know, it'd be interesting to to see where we fill the holes with some young players, you know, Jose Rodriguez, who didn't really get a chance to play at all when he got called up. Lenin Sosa, who's been up a few times here and there, but never consistently. And he's been great in AAA now. So uh, there's some fun names to watch out for and to, to look forward to seeing at least if the season's going to be rough, it'd be fun to see some new faces on the team and bring some energy to the club. So between those guys coming up to the major leagues and then watching some guys develop through the lower levels of the minor leagues, um, there, there's a lot to follow right now with the White Sox farm system. That is Elijah Evans. He is locked in to the Chicago White Sox farm system. Follow him on Twitter at ElijahEV8. My name is Mike Rankin. I'm at Rankin906. Follow us at Future Sox for everything. Go to futuresox.com, part of SoxMachine.com for all your information and more. James Fox, I know, is working on a draft recap. You want to check that out once it's published because, boy, there's a lot of information there. You want to know more about the draft class, check out more of these podcasts down below. Make sure you subscribe if you're not. Really appreciate you if you can because uh, it helps us in the algorithm. We want to be able to branch out to more White Sox fans like yourself. So thanks so much for supporting us, and thanks for listening. For Elijah Evans, my name is Mike Rankin. We do this every week. We will release another episode of the Future Sox Roundup next weekend, so don't go anywhere. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.